Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. Hi, this is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Practice Hack of the Week. Whether in football, basketball, or soccer, displays of creative playmaking and shot-making draw lots of oohs and ahs from fans and booyahs on ESPN's plays of the day, or at least it used to when booyah was something people still said. All of which is very exciting and entertaining, of course. And it certainly makes intuitive sense that creative players and playmakers would be really valuable to a team's success. But is this actually true? Is there any data or evidence that creativity leads to more wins? Similarly, does creativity on stage lead to more success in auditions and competitions? Or is it just about execution, plain and simple? a pair of German researchers decided to take a closer look at how goals were scored in FIFA World Cup and European Championship matches to see what sort of role creativity actually played in the outcome of important high-stakes soccer matches. They compiled video of all 311 goals scored in open play over the course of 153 games and included the last eight actions leading to the goal, where action number eight was the shot on goal. So why eight actions? Well, previous research suggests that about 84% of goals are scored after just four passes, and 95% of goals are scored within eight passes. So this covered the majority of goal-scoring situations. Each of the eight actions leading to the goal, like dribbling moves, passes, crosses, headers, and so on, were rated by three soccer experts using an established 1 to 10 creativity scale that they were trained to use, where 1 equals way below average, or marginally creative, and 10 equals way above average, or highly creative. The three judges' inner rate of reliability was high, so we know that they agreed, more or less, on the creativity level of each move. And did creative playmaking actually lead to more goal scoring? Well, the short answer is yes, but the interesting stuff, as is often the case, is in the details. For one, the creativity of each move in the sequence tended to increase the closer each action was to the shot on goal. And on average, the most creative action of all was not the shot on goal, but the assist, or the final action which made the successful shot on goal possible. Overall, the last three actions, the so-called hockey assist, the assist itself, and the shot on goal, 
tended to be significantly more creative than any of the actions that came before. And when the researchers divided up the teams into multiple tiers, the most successful being those who made it to the quarterfinals, then those who made it to the second round, then those who did not advance at a group play, they found that the more successful teams were indeed more creative in their goal scoring. Though creative goals actually tended to be a relatively rare phenomenon, with only 46% of all 311 goals in the tournament containing one or more highly creative actions, the most successful team's percentage of creative goals was much higher, at 63%. The status suggests that in sports like soccer, where the margin between winning and losing is razor thin, and often comes down to a few plays here and there, creativity can be a significant asset is absolutely worth integrating into training at all levels. Because even though execution absolutely matters, it appears that the great players and teams may be more successful because they are not only technically adept, but are creative in their playmaking as well. So can we generalize these results to music also? Well, it would be a lot clearer if there were a similar study on the impact of creativity on audition and competition results. Maybe there is something out there like this that I'm not aware of, but I'm inclined to think that the takeaway for musicians is probably not so different than that for soccer players. Because sure, tactical execution matters, and the need for good sound, rhythm, and intonation is a given. But I think most would say that this stuff, while necessary, is not sufficient. That there has to be something beyond good, clean playing that grabs your attention and makes you want to be that person's stand partner or colleague. And heck, even when it comes to the basics, like sound, rhythm, and intonation, creative fingerings and bowings, nifty warm-up exercises, and inventive practice techniques can all come in pretty handy too. So how exactly does one cultivate more creativity in daily playing and practice? Well, researchers at the University of Cambridge found four ingredients that seem to be key to more creative expression, both in practice and performance. Quote, freedom flexibility, a sense of being in the moment, and a commitment to giving the music to an audience, even if that audience exists only in their imagination while they're rehearsing or even just thinking about performing. In essence, much as the German researchers recommended for soccer players, a lot of creativity and practice seems to come down to experimenting with new ideas and solutions and trying them out even if they ultimately don't work, as opposed to fixating on doing things perfectly and making the avoidance of mistakes one's highest priority, or feeling too constrained by the score, and being afraid to risk deviating too far from the composer's presumed intentions. After all, isn't part of the fun of practice trying new things, and experiencing that tiny little spark of joy when something we do on a lark unexpectedly works out? So if you're feeling a bit adventurous this week, consider making it a goal to try at least one thing each day that might not work, but it would be pretty cool if it actually did.